Hi everyone, would you like to know where you, if you're starting out a business or you've been in business a long time and maybe you need some more backers and you don't really know where to go for your backers, but you'd like to find people who are interested in backing you? Well, you know, we're going to learn about that today, that there are funds, that uh, there are groups like the backers, which put together it's like a stock market exchange, but for investments, where they put the person who's looking, who has a business who's looking for a backer because maybe the business wants to expand themselves. And uh, so we're gonna be talking to Justin Fox, founder and CEO of Backers. Uh, and this is August the 13th, 2020. And uh, we're gonna find out a little bit more of how he can help us as businesses grow, mature, and take it to the next level. So it's my pleasure to have a Justin Fox join us. Here he comes. Hi, Justin. How are you today? I'm doing well. Yourself? Very well, thank you. Thank you for being a guest on my show, All Things Business with Maria Recruit. And I, I was interviewed by you actually a couple of weeks ago, and, and I was really intrigued by your business model. So that's why I've asked you to be um, you know, a guest on my show. So can you tell us a little bit about how a business can use your concept, please? Well, yeah, no, thank you very much for having me. Um, so it's, it's fairly simple. Uh, basically backers is a the technical term or the common term is an equity crowdfunding uh, platform um, but we've sort of taken it a different route but basically we enable private companies um, to raise capital or get funding uh, from uh, the general public so retail investors um, by selling shares or equity um, in their business um, to those to those investors um, so they're 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 able to sell those shares on our platform, um, and then obviously the investors become shareholders in the business. Um, typically, you know, in Ontario, the rules um, a company can raise up to one point five million dollars um, in under the crowdfunding exemption. There's another exemption as well, sort of limited or lower lower uh, caps. Mm -hmm. uh, and then investors can a typical retail investor, so everyday individuals like yourself and I mm -hmm. or you know everyone potentially watching um can mm -hmm. invest anywhere but up to twenty five hundred dollars um in that in that opportunity so it's kind of like a private securities exchange is what we're building neat that's kind of neat so i have a lot of people that ha are small business owners and also right. i have a lot of landlords and real estate investors that are always looking for capital so how would that work with them like what are the steps they would have to take to learn more about it first of all i know they can go on your website but can, you explain, it, can you explain it to them in layman's terms how it can work for them yeah so basically i mean our process um we've kind of put together a, a full process we've taken you know a number of years to kind of build this out um, we've looked at you know sort of uh, industry standards in the UK and US where they're a few years ahead of us and looked at you know the research and studies and you know just sort of the industry um, how the marketplace works and we've created a program where we have a 90-day accelerator we bring the obviously they go to backers.ca which is mm -hmm. the site they would register um, we put them through a 90-day accelerator program where we basically walk them through sort of step-by-step step what they need to know uh, and what they need to do uh, in order to be successful both in business um, and in raising capital. Um, and then they go through the process. Um, they, they build out their campaign. And it's very similar to, you know, I'm sure people are familiar with GoFundMe or Kickstarter. Sure. Um, yes. You have a campaign page. Um, you yes. know, it's got some information about the business or about your your 
um, project in that case. Um, and then people come along with, you know, the difference between Kickstarter and say backers is um, Kickstarter is a rewards based crowdfunding um, where you're, you'll get a reward. You'll get maybe um, an early, early version of the product or maybe a, a hat or a widget that's got, you know, a logo on it, or maybe it's just a donation. I mean, GoFundMe okay. is typically donation based. Yeah. Um, yes. With equity crowdfunding, they're actually buying shares just like they would on uh, on a stock exchange through an IPO, let's say an initial public offering. Um, they're buying shares in that in that company. Um, so we've coined it an IBO. Um, so it's an initial backers offering. So if you understand the you know the stock market or TSX mm -hmm. or you know the New York Stock Exchange, um, an IPO is that initial public offering. Basically, the companies that are launching their shares for sale on our platform are going through what we call an IBO, an initial backers offering. Um, so they would create their campaign. You know, investors would obviously come to their campaign um, and would and would basically you know see the opportunity and would, would invest in them. Um, the one difference that I think is is compared to some of the you know, and this is based on um, what we've seen and and experienced uh, in the marketplace. A lot of people rely on your typical investors. Um, we look at it a little bit differently where now we're, we're saying to the company, let's go grow your customer base. Let's grow your audience. Let's grow your fan base. Let's grow your supplier list. Let's grow your community around your business. And now let's upsell those people with, with equity. So rather than looking for your typical, you know, high net worth individual investor, um, mm -hmm. That it's your typical, you know, VC model or um, the model that a lot look at. Now this gives the opportunity for the everyday person who already buys your product, already loves what you do, mm -hmm. follows you on Facebook, like you know people yeah. that are following you, um, yeah. or follows you on YouTube, or you know they've bought your product, or they're in your community, they're in your hometown. Um, now it gives them the opportunity to put their hundred dollars or five hundred dollars or twenty up to twenty five hundred dollars, as I said into your business and to become a shareholder um, and become your true backer. Um, mm -hmm. right? Backer isn't just an investor. It's everyone that supports that business, right? So um, they can be your customer and um, your investor. And that's where we come, you know, the whole notion of upselling them with equity is, is come in. And that's the, you know, given or shown to be the uh, best way for a company to be successful in something like this, in a, in a equity crowdfunding or private securities um, raise. Okay, so a business, does it have to be a corporation in order to be on your website? They're looking for yes. funds? Yes, yes, so they, they are investing, they're buying shares mm -hmm. um, in, a, in a corporation. So it has okay. to be federally or provincially okay. uh, incorporated. Okay, yes. okay well, because there's many people that don't, right? They're single ownership. So that's, yeah, that's a good question, okay. Right. So the other thing is what kind of, like you give them shares, but I mean, if they give you $100 or $2,500, what percentage do you, do you give them? Like, how does that work? So that's a very good question. Um, obviously it depends on, there's a lot of variations, right? It, uh, um, it depends on the valuation of the business, right? So okay. that's one of the things that we do obviously help the business with is figuring out the value of the business so that they can go to the market. It's just like anything else, you know, um, you've got to figure out, you know, maybe if they're pre-revenue, you know, they're early stage, you know, they, they, they're going on some sort of projection. Um, so you have to be fair and go into the market with, you know, a fair valuation, um, you know, and, and you're expecting someone to give you money at that valuation. So 
again, it's, it's a very, very, very difficult to answer to say, you know, this is the, the cookie cutter method, but you know, let's say you, you value a business at a million dollars and you want to raise a hundred thousand dollars, you're going to be giving away 10% of your business. Okay. So I mean, that's pretty, pretty straightforward. And so, um, you, you'd issue shares at, you know, however many shares you want to issue. So at a hundred thousand dollars, you know, at a thousand dollars an investor, you could in theory have, you know, hundred investors invest. Um, typically, you know, we, we've tried to keep it very, uh, vanilla. Um, mm -hmm. you can obviously as a security, you know, there are many different variations of securities, you know, voting, non-voting, preferreds, non-preferreds, common, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of different, so we've kept it very vanilla. Um, and, and the, and also to both keep it so that the, uh, issuer, so the company raising capital doesn't have to worry as much about, you know, sort of this, you know, shark of uh, an investor coming yeah. in and yeah. you know, buying up and wanting a seat on the board and mm -hmm. all this sort of oversight. Um, we've created it so that they're non-voting common shares. So okay. the investors participate in obviously the upside and uh, the performance of the company. And if there's dividends, you know, obviously, you know, the sort of best practice would be uh, you issue dividends, you know, on a quarterly or annual basis, yeah. um, but they're non-voting common shares. So they are participatory in the uh, liquidation if there is an event, but um, you know, they're not coming in with any sort of oversight. Um, so the, the issue or the company raising money doesn't have to be scared that they're giving up, you know, the control yeah. of their business and control of their baby um, mm -hmm. to somebody or to a hundred people, right? That often yeah. scares people. That's yeah. the first question people ask is, am I going to have a hundred people on my board? Right. <laughs> and, and not, not at all, or a thousand people or 5,000. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's yeah, because let's face it, right? I mean, if they're equity partners, so what it is, it's non-voting, so they can't vote, and they're not on your board of directors. Right, they they're shareholders on a you know almost like a common like a like a public you know shareholder, right? On a public exchange, right? So so okay, so what about this? I mean, like if we have uh, real estate investors that are looking to purchase a property, and I mean they they have they have purchased other properties in the past. They've been a, a long time investor, but they're looking to purchase another one. Would that work? Because they don't, they haven't purchased the property yet, but they want to raise the capital to put it down maybe uh, as a down payment, right? So, so the way, so you have to incorporate the business and then there'd have to be, um, there'd have to be a obviously set um, target or business model that you're mm -hmm. going to be pursuing. Um, and, and ideally you wouldn't want it to be the purchase of one house and sort of just, you know, you want it to be sort of an ongoing um, occurrence. Maybe you're buying and selling, you mm -hmm. know, or, or buying and, you know, renting or, or upgrading and then renting out um, and then, you know, sitting on the cash flow. Um, so you'd want it, you'd want there to be a reason for somebody to invest. Um, with an expectation of a, a longer term sort of hold or um, the ability for that to be a longer term business deal. You don't want it to be invest, you know, and one year later, the business is being sort of wrapped up. Well, it wouldn't. You would just go and buy another property, right? Right. And, and so there need to be that ongoing sort of process. That's yeah. what I'm saying. So a lot of people yeah. approach this with like a one off. You know, I want to, mm -hmm. I want to raise 250 or 500,000 to buy one house, flip it, sell mm -hmm. it. Um, sure. you know, I mean, yes, in yeah. theory, the investors could get all of their money back 
you know, on the, on the proceeds. Um, there's a lot of risk there. Like, I, I don't know if you're going to 10 X your money on a flip. Um, mm -hmm. and that's sort of where you, you know, it's, it's not the, the greatest, um, in that such a small sort of real estate one-off transaction, but if it's going to be ongoing and, and larger properties, larger cash flow, um, you know, so almost like a REIT type model or, um, like a, a MIC, you know, that type of a model, um, you know, those are, those are almost can be, this can be substituted and obviously there's a lot of variables, but in sort of, instead of those types of models. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but because you know what, that's the first thing that, uh, um, you know, someone who's a real estate investor would want to know that, right? I mean, is it that we could purchase one property, get the money, use it as a down payment and uh, start making money on it? Because uh, now is this is this payment, like you're saying, like it could be sent out as dividends, I guess, right? Right. right. Sent out as dividends, right. Okay, then. So operation would be distributed potentially through dividends because they're shareholders yeah. in the corporation. Yeah, that makes sense. And when did you come up with this idea? And why did you come up with this idea? So I didn't. I didn't make up equity crowdfunding. Just to be very, very clear. Okay. Um, so I came across it. Um, I, I've worked as you know, sort of sales, business development roles uh, for many years. You know, most of my mm -hmm. career. Um, and I actually had. I I just finished, graduated, did my MBA, started a business, um, and actually started a second business. It was a three-on-three -three professional hockey league, and I was looking uh, to try to fund the teams in the league. And mm -hmm. I came across the notion of, and if, for sports fans, I don't know if you're a sports fan, Maria, but um, the Green Bay Packers—they're they're yeah. a, a professional football team. Yeah. Um, anyway, long story short, they are—they are private. They're, they're a privately held company, um, but they're owned by uh, individual shareholders in the community. I think there's 360,000 shareholders. And the, the rule that they were under is kind of grandfathered in. They, they've done it over, you know, the past hundred years. But needless to say, they are the smallest um, market in all yeah. of pro sports. They're they're a small town in Wisconsin, uh, but yet they have one of the largest and most loyal fan bases. And I I think it's because of the fact that there are three hundred sixty two thousand shareholders, right? Yeah, um, that makes so, sense. Right, and so there's this sort of like inherent love for a team that you kind of own right and yeah. so even if it is somewhat superficial but um i looked at it at the time in 2005 uh, i thought that would be perfect if i could incorporate that into the 3hl but unfortunately in ontario specifically um there was nothing that would facilitate that um, but i saw that on the horizon like in the us and in the uk they had some things that had been enacted in 2010 and 2012 um, and so I saw that this was kind of coming to Canada, if you will. And um, really, I, I really, I was excited to hear that it was coming, sort of looked around to see who was facilitating it. And there was really nothing available. Um, so actually in January of 2016, I actually did incorporate a business, which kind of has fallen by the wayside. But um, initially to sort of to, to do this, um, unfortunately at the time, I guess I had a, a few other things on my plate. I couldn't really... Um, put the focus on that. And, you know, I, I looked into it and I saw it as a huge opportunity, but fast forward to 2017, 2018, and I'd sort of wrapped up a couple, a couple other things and I was ready to, to launch fully into this. Um, there was a couple of changes, one of them being blockchain that uh, mm -hmm. kind of sparked my interest. And mm -hmm. I saw this perfect match for 
um, blockchain and uh, equity crowdfunding. So security tokens and equity crowdfunding, and that's sort of where we we kicked off in 2017, 2018. So it's been a, it's been an interesting journey. Um, we're 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 um, we're live now. We've got a few issuers that are are in the process of launching campaigns, and so we've built it up, and we're. You know, we're uh, we're ready to go. I guess that's so much fun. I mean, this is a brand new business model, actually. Uh, just you have a a slight. Yeah, I mean, like 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 you were saying, like with the crowdfunding, um, kickstart, and all of that. Like you say, it, it's more like you're giving them a product. I I was actually thinking of um, going to Kickstarter, some of the other platforms, and see if I could sell, if I could get money for me to purchase another bed and breakfast, and I was going to give them, uh, they were going to, I was going to ask them for $200 and they could come and stay at the bed and breakfast that I had already. So they were getting right. something for it. It's not like they gave them money, they didn't get anything for yeah, it. So yeah, yeah. That's the rewards base, right? So that would be, I mean, I, I mean, arguably that would be a, so we call it a pre-sale in our, and mm -hmm. it's basically you're pre-selling the product. If, if you're giving, so in your case, you're giving an actual product that existed uh, yes. for a future build, but, Another way you can do it probably is is saying, "Hey, we'll build the bed and breakfast, or buy the bed and breakfast. You can get a, a free night stay there yeah. once we open up, right?" So that would be sort of a pre-sale of the bed and breakfast, um, which is essentially what Kickstarter is. In, in you know one of the one of the use cases is it is a pre-sale of a product, or in your case, potentially a service. Uh, typically, it is product-based for Kickstarter, um, and and that's I mean that's that's the model there. One of the things that we saw, and this is just, I wanted to kind of differentiate. Um, one of the things that we saw in the marketplace is that there are a lot of um, what are called funding portals, which are sort of standalone, um, typically run by a, a dealer, an exempt market dealer. Now with the new Ontario startup crowdfunding uh, regulations, um, it can actually be run by anyone. Um, they're sort of a one-off portal, um, which will have a few deals here and there. Um, so what we've actually built is we've built more of like a, a software as a service platform where we actually license our software to individuals or dealers to launch their own funding portal. So we are okay. selling. Okay, that's kind of neat. Yeah, that's kind of neat. And yeah, that's fantastic. Again, a new business model, right? Yes. Which is kind of, yeah, I, I like new business models. They're kind of exciting. And when you're on the cutting edge, I mean, I've been 20 years ahead with, with real estate and what I saw of the short-term rentals and fully furnished. Nobody else was doing that except if you had a vacation home. Yeah, but uh, yeah. now people, just regular landlords are doing it now. But I've been doing it for 20 years. So I'm ready for the next launch into something new also. So I might be interested to look into this a little bit more, you know? Yeah, I, yeah, definitely. If you wanted to launch your own portal, that's what we can offer. You mm -hmm. can launch your own funding portal, and then you can facilitate small businesses raising mm -hmm. capital on your funding portal. Yeah, I always want to be a bank. <laughs> I there you go. This is probably the first step to becoming a bank. Yeah, I always wanted to do that so I could help the landlords, quite frankly. That's why I wanted to do it. And right. I remember talking 15 years ago to um, a real estate uh, broker. And I said, you know, I, I wish I could be a bank so I could help some of these landlords and real estate investors find more funds.
it gets kind of tough sometimes, you know. So yeah, I'm going to probably look into a little bit more. I'll catch up to you at another time, and we can go through it and see the pros and cons of it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it might be a really good opportunity. Who knows? Maybe somebody else wants to do it too. But yeah, I'm no, we're, we're open right now. We're looking for um, people to run funding portal portals, um, mm -hmm. sort of dealers. You can be either or. Um, yeah. in both Canada and the US. So one of the things that we've created that. is we're jurisdictionally agnostic. So our platform can be used by anyone in any jurisdiction. So I mean, if you want to get American dollars, I mean, that's the way to go, right? I mean, could you take American dollars and invest it in a Canadian company? Can you do yes. that or not? Yes. You can. Yes. Yeah, okay, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Okay, then- you have portals in the US where you know somebody in, you know, California um, mm -hmm. opens a portal there and under the regulatory framework in California facilitates private equity deals uh, or security transactions um, on that platform or on that portal um, under yeah. the backers umbrella. So it's kind of like Remax with brokers yeah. in every city or we talk about Shopify. We're like Shopify where we enable people to open up their own funding portal. So anyone can open a funding portal under the backers umbrella. Just like anyone can open an e-commerce store um, yeah. on Shopify. Mm -hmm. And the other thing too that I thought of doing yesterday, years ago, you're going to laugh at this. I thought of opening up a real estate office, but okay. I, I did, wasn't interested in becoming a real estate agent. I would hire them. You know, they would just come in, but I would run that office, right? Sort and then I, poker. yeah. Yeah, I wasn't going to become a real estate broker either. I would hire the broker, right? So I would just run the office, right? So I mean, uh, yeah, there's many ways of doing business now from from different angles, which we didn't have years ago. Yes. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't going to go and become a real estate agent. That didn't interest me at all. Although a lot of investors are doing that now, the younger ones, which is great if that's what they want to do. Then they become a mortgage broker too, and I didn't want to do that, you know. And then they become a broker after that, mortgage broker, even even uh, any insurance agent or if they wanted to uh, you know all different kinds that are interrelated but I really was just really interested in just investing in real estate so right. I really kept, you know I'm you know I kind of set my goal to that and I've done very very well now it's time to move on and do some other little things within real estate it's always within real estate right. so um, yeah I, I would be interested in knowing more about that and how that is, so that would be kind of like a franchise, I guess. Is that That's, what it is? I, I, we don't want to say the word franchise, but uh, yeah. it's 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 a it's more of a licensee type oh. agreement. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Might be there's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot around the the term franchise. Yes, um, I so, know that. Yeah, I so know that. Yeah, yeah. but it, it's it's basically like a you know quasi sort of licensee franchisee type mm -hmm. model um, mm -hmm. where you're licensing the use of the of the software and the back end, uh, yeah. sort of the back office. And um, and we do a lot of obviously the training and the onboarding and all the development um, for yeah. the issuer. So in essence, you become, you know, kind of a, a liaison, a, a coach um, that sort of is there hands on, you know, somewhat boots on the ground, if you will, locally that can work with those issuers, those companies, mm -hmm. or, you know, whoever whoever's raising the capital, typically, yeah. as I said, corporations, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, the other thing that I like about it, because it's all online, it's all based online. You don't even have to have an office. You can do it all. Yeah. Which I love. Exactly. Remotely. Like yeah. It. So, I mean, we've been, we've been operating remote for six months now. I mean, we were, we almost signed a, signed a real estate deal back in January and uh, to get an office space. And thankfully 
we didn't. We kind of held yeah. off. We were, we were on. I had some, I guess, uh, cold feet, if you will, at the one yeah. space. And yeah. thankfully, we held off because a month and a half later, you know, we've we had a sort of a shared space that we were using extensively, and we've mm -hmm. actually pulled that completely back. Where now we don't even use the shared space. Um, it's it's strictly an address, and everyone yes. on our team works remotely from across Canada across you know the world we've got people in India um, Europe and in uh, you know across Ontario here so amazing, uh, amazing, yeah. amazing. So it's good we all meet on things like this right on we use zoom sure. or you know, Zoho yeah. so yeah, we can sure. definitely you know, meet yeah. and chat and everyone gets absolutely. together right absolutely well I remember I had my first business was in New York City in Manhattan and I was just working in the office my husband was working for the company he was a physician we were doing medical exams for insurance company and he was a physician and then uh, what happened was I just working in the office and they lost the manager uh, kind of like licensee but I'll say manager let's keep it simple right in uh, Long Island and Queens so I met with the president my husband and I met with the president and we we convinced him that we would take over so you know I went in there and and did very, we did very, very well with the business. But that's the only time, you're gonna laugh at this, the only time I ever had an office because right. they required that of us, right? Because right. people weren't working. I was 1980, 82, 83, 84. I mean, people weren't working from home. They were working from home, but they weren't doing business from home, right? Right. Because right. all the people who were working for us, the physicians and the technicians, were all, always going on the road. So they had a home based office. A lot of the physicians were retired. And so they would just drop off uh, their report to us in the office. Then we would send them a check or they would pick up a check. So I, we really didn't even need that office, but the company required it. Yeah. The phone number in the office and the name and all that. So we did it, right? But yeah. since then, I've never done that. I don't have to. And now we don't have to at all. Well, that's, I mean, I think, I think, like you hit the nail on that. I think, you know, early 80s, even now, I mean, technology is, is I think, advanced. Um, but I think, businesses that a lot of businesses and i've had some conversations with people on, on my show as well about um a lot of businesses maybe were were scared there was the uncertainty of you know camaraderie or or building that that uh, culture and, and things that they felt couldn't be done by having people work remotely but everyone's been forced now to basically you know allow remote work and, and people are starting to see you know employees are saying hey i don't need to be there I mean, yeah. my wife are like she worked in the hospital and that they've been working from home and now they're fighting to even have to go back right it's sort of like yes. hey we can do this from home just as effectively maybe even more effectively right so um that's yeah it's an interesting it's definitely probably been like you said uh uh you know i i don't want to what's the math on that like a 40 year you know exercise in watching you know the trend but because <laughs> um, in 82 i'll admit i was only four um, so I was, I was working from home myself as well, but, uh, a different type of work. Listen, I was 32 then. You were 32. Okay. Think about that. I didn't want. I didn't want to say your age, but. but you know what? What's really funny though is that I mean, you know, there are many people that because I have the Canadian Real Estate Investors Association in the Ontario. I have oh, 10 associations on Facebook, and I say to them, listen, you weren't even born, and I had my first business. Active, okay. Yeah. I you, I have you forgot more than we'll ever know, kind of thing, right? Yeah. 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 
you know, maybe, uh, maybe I don't, I, I'm really picking up on technology now because you need to, right? Yeah. But I mean, so, so, okay, so you have some advantages, but you don't have that many years, 38 years in business, you don't have that. No yeah. matter how old you are, until you've had 38 years of business, you can't say you had 38 years of business. You had yeah. one or two or five or 10 or whatever. You learn a lot in 38 years running your own business. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. It's, it's, yeah, no, and, and I mean, that's, I guess if you're changing this focus, like definitely experience. I think a lot of, I, I spoke to a, a young man yesterday or the day before. He was 19, super, you know, gung-ho. His trajectory is, you know, he he's light years ahead of where I was when I was 19. But um, sure. there's a lot to learn, right? So I, yes. I think, and you know, and I'm not saying that he has a lot to learn, but I think I look back Everyone. when I was 18, 19, or when I was 29 sure. or 39, even, you know, 42, you know, you, you, you always have to be, always have to realize that there's a lot more that you can learn and that there's people out there that have experienced yeah. things and not to kind of undermine or, or undercut, you know, their experiences. And that's, I think youth obviously does that. I, I found mm -hmm. myself doing that um, yeah. probably as a younger, younger, uh, younger me, but we just uh, had a little bit of uh problem here uh let's see now are you there yeah, are you there you, yeah. so you were saying justin that the youth what were you saying no, I was just saying sometimes youth they uh they underestimate the uh the power of experience yes yes so that's okay they'll learn well they, we, that's the thing. they'll learn with experience but that's learn with experience yeah yeah a trait of the youth right so yeah, that's right they have the enthusiasm Right. And the older ones have, um, they've had the experience. So if you're smart, you hook up with a mentor who's a little bit older or, or quite a bit older and learn from them so you don't have to make those mistakes. I mean, right. that's always done that. I've always had mentors, you know, that have been in the business a lot longer than I have and I've learned. Because of being a single woman with a business, I couldn't afford to make any mistakes. So, right. you know, so I, I, I go very slowly to learn anything and I find mentors. So tell us how, how can people get in touch with you, Justin? Um, so, I mean, pretty much backers.ca is the website. Um, yep. They can check us out on LinkedIn, uh, Backers Network or Facebook, Backers Network, mm -hmm. um, uh, YouTube, Backers Network. So we do a show. I do a show like this pretty much daily yep. um, on YouTube called Powered by Backers. Um, you can find me on Outfit Varney Racing uh, Car. No, just kidding. That's that's personally. But uh, on Saturdays, racing a stock car. But um, yeah, so you can find us backers.ca pretty much uh, is the way to find us or Facebook. So we're, we're pretty active on both. And yeah. Yes. Yeah. And you know, that's how I found you was on LinkedIn. Yes. Yeah. So I, I also have a fairly large LinkedIn network. Yeah. You can reach me, um, Justin J. Fox, I believe it is on LinkedIn. <laughs> Yeah, I found you. Don't worry. You always find you. I went yeah. from LinkedIn to Facebook and then, you know, that's how I do when I find somebody. I kind of check them out and I say, OK, do they have a Facebook account so I can send a message? Sometimes I find a link is a little bit more difficult than Facebook. Facebook is, you know, the messenger is so simple. Right. It's so handy. I love messenger. Yeah. Believe it or not, maybe two years ago, I didn't even know how to use it. So, I mean, you see how I'm learning, right? I'm just right on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got it. You got it. Yeah, exactly. You got to yeah. keep up with it. But it, I mean, it's good to network. Like, it's interesting. 
So do you, how do you typically go out and network? What do you do? First of all, I, I have, I've been networking since I started my business, you know, at the age of 32. And I go to meetings. I belong to the Chamber of Commerce, a number right. of Chambers right. of Commerce. I belong to trade associations, uh, landlords association, real estate associations. Uh, I've been doing that since I started my business. And then now I'm doing it online because we, we're not holding our meetings. So I just had a meeting this morning um, with the uh, Niagara Tourism. And I've been a member with them for about six or seven years because I have cottage rentals and bed and breakfast, right? So I belong to that. So we did it on Zoom. So now if we can't meet, we do it on Zoom. Yeah. So we, we haven't lost touch that way. Yeah. Uh, myself, usually I go out. I mean, they, you know, Chambers of Commerce have meetings once a month. I usually go. I have a wonderful time. I've made some really good friends. And now it's all online, networking online. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, do, we do sort of all of the above as well. Yeah, for sure. For sure. People have to see you out in public and they also have to see you online, which is another type of public now. So I find that really useful. But anyways, I'm going to say goodbye now. Well, thank you so much, Justin. Thank you very much. Of backers. I'm going to get in touch with you. Okay. I love what you're doing. Thank you. Um, thank you. Thank you for being my guest. Talk to you later. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Maria. My pleasure. Bye-bye now. So anyways, isn't this wonderful? I mean, we have opportunities now with Justin Fox and, and uh, backers that maybe we want to go into a different business model or we want to raise capital. So we have another way of doing it. And uh, certainly it's worthwhile looking into. Like I was excited when I heard about it. And he, Justin actually asked me to be a guest on his show. So I got to know him a little bit more that way. And then I thought, you know what? He should be coming on my show because we reach so many people that are always looking for funds. So I'm glad that I had him as my guest. And uh, everyone, so if you're looking for funding of any sort, get in touch with Justin Fox. He can explain his concept. He's got more than one concept. You may want to start another type of business. Uh, you never know what's around the corner. So this is Maria Recruit All Things Real Estate. Please, by all means, uh, join me. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, Real Estate Media News Network up there. Love to have you there network with wonderful people such as Justin and I'm on social media all over the place if you need to get in touch with me feel free to message me on LinkedIn Twitter uh, Facebook I'm always available so I'm going to say goodbye now Maria recruit all things business and all things real estate take care